0: Hello, welcome to the Fantastic Grotto. My name is Rudy. Joining me is my lovely co-host, Tasha. Welcome to our Cave of Wonders as we discuss movies, television, thingamabobs, and all things fantastic. Tasha, hi.
1: Hola, say, I speak Spanish. <laughs> oh, there you go.
0: Okay, Spanish. all right. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you didn't say whole lot because I don't know why. When people do that, I'm like, how dare why you?
1: Why do people
0: do that? <laughs> I don't know. Don't mess with people's languages.
1: T and A. I was at uh, my friend's art exhibit yesterday that we worked on and we planned, and it was great. And her husband was like, thank God Beyonce is finally finished with her tour. I was so sick of seeing it
0: just for oh. her to announce the movie. It was great. Exactly. I, was
1: like, mm-hmm. I was like, more Beyonce right there I for am you. I'm so
0: glad she can have all my money. I'm going to force mm. my parents to come with me so we can give her more money. Mm. I'm ready. <laughs> just I'm throw, so ready.
1: throw money at Beyonce.
0: <laughs> yes
1: give her her money
0: i'm yeah. pretty sure this is still a part of act one there's no way this can be act two like there's got to be so much more to this it's possible
1: it's possible mm-hmm. it's act two but po- who knows i have no mm-hmm. idea i just i'm excited for it and that was why i had a great week weekend whatever it was anyway how was your week
0: really really good i had a really great weekend uh time is flying by so quick and i am not complaining i am here for it i'm ready for the holidays I actually started coming up with some ideas for Christmas shopping for my parents and their Christmas gifts. Oh,
1: gosh. You know what you're doing for Christmas already?
0: Uh, So far, I'm brainstorming for ideas. I already know what to get for my dad. Uh, Mom and my sister, they're going to be tricky, Uh, especially my mom. My mom's always the hardest to shop for. But I'm brainstorming.
1: Okay. Well, at least you're ahead of the game. I am always behind the game, but I'm great at gift giving. So it's totally fine. I am. I can, I always know what people want. You mm-hmm. know, I'm, I'm an empath.
0: <laughs> also, I want to add to this. I'm not an expert when it comes to horoscopes, but aren't Virgos supposed to be really detailed? Yeah, we are. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to Beyonce, super detailed. Okay. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. It's your trait. There you go.
1: Yep, Michael Jackson was a Virgo as well.
0: Yeah, Michael Jackson, may he rest in peace. Yeah,
1: super detailed about everything down to the the very, yeah, you know. It's it's an exhausting trait to have, but it works out. I'm really great at work. I am so (laughs) good at what I do because I'm always paying attention to things. Anyway, we can move right along since we started to talk about pop culture people anyway. Let's move to fantastic news.
0: Today on Fantastic News, these are the stories that recently caught our attention this week. For our first story, according to Billboard magazine, singer Carol G and DJ Tiesto are being sued by songwriter Rene Lorente over their 2021 hit Don't Be Shy. Rene stated that their song sounds identical to his song Algo Diferente, meaning something different they are also being sued for 52 million dollars for those of you that want to know what the number is yes uh did you by chance get a chance to listen to both songs
1: i listened to them because you sent them to me Mm -hmm. i don't think that they sound alike but it could just be because i don't know enough about music you know what i mean
0: yeah uh, for me I, i the melody for sure is what makes it sound similar Uh, this song is really old. This came out in, oh my gosh, it's like a really old song. I think this was even before the 90s. I could be wrong. I think this was like maybe in the 70s. I could be wrong. But this song, it's a hit, but it's not a smash hit. I remember hearing it for the first time and I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. I do like Carol and I do like her music. I want to get more into it. She actually just wrapped up her tour, actually. So she's going to take time possibly to start a family, I think. And now she's got a lawsuit on her hands. So sorry, Carol, (laughs) but... From my understanding, both she and Tiesto wrote the lyrics, too, because I was like, wait a second, like, did someone else write the lyrics? How does this work when you're being sued for a song that you partook in? So, like, even though you sung on it and if somebody else wrote the lyrics, do you get sued for that? But both she and Tiesto did write the lyrics for the song.
1: Yeah, if you write the song, if you get your writing credit on it and then the original person sues you, then, yes, you are also sued. This is very similar... To the Robin Thicke issue that happened. Thank
0: you, Pharrell, too. I was going to bring that up with yeah. uh, Marvin Gaye. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they won. Lost that lawsuit, didn't no,
1: they? they won. Marvin Gaye and them won.
0: Oh, no. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. That oh, made, yeah. Uh...
1: Yeah. The interesting part is how so many people's names are always on songwriting credits now. Mm-hmm. And it leads us, because I can lead all things back to Beyonce, it leads us back to Renaissance, <laughs> guys, because <laughs> I can do this all day to her having all those song credits and Khalees having, um, not having the credit. That she, remember when when the album was released? Yeah, she was talking was about thing? it. Because I was mm-hmm. like, wait, which song is she talking about? But yeah, go yes. ahead. Yes. So it, it's that same thing where now, because of the Robin Thicke issue, they put everybody who can possibly associate, be associated with something on a song as to give them credit so that they don't get sued. Um, Blurred Lines issue happened years ago, mm-hmm. enough that she should have known to put them credits on there. People keep thinking they're going to get away with it. Don't. Just... Give people the credit so that you don't have to worry about, what you say, $52 million later.
0: <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, because Carol G, for those of you that don't know or don't listen to her music, she's one of the it girls in the Latino community. So she's huge. She's a huge superstar. Why she didn't win Best Land Artist at the VMAs, I, I have no idea. They gave it to Anita, but that's irrelevant. So this songwriter, he's from, I believe he's... Uh, Cuban but I think it's from the court system in Puerto Rico from my understanding I, I, I don't know it's a whole story but from my understanding because she's so big it kind of makes sense too that this would get back to the yeah. original creator of the song mm-hmm. it's like yeah. hey you're a huge star you're working with a huge DJ. Like you said, you might want to give them credits. You know, just, just because they're older doesn't mean they're not gonna know what's going on. Again, you're huge in our community. Just
1: put the credit on there. Just put that's why Beyonce had like sixty people on a, on one song. And they we were like, <laughs> How could so many people write a song? And it was like, She's not trying to get hit with nothing. nothing. Her legal her legal team said any and everything, any and everybody, put them down. Mm-hmm. So,
0: For our second story, celebrities such as Ariana Grande, Gabriel Union, and Guillermo del Toro have signed an open letter against book banning according to the hollywood reporter reading rainbow launched the letter which states quote it's only a matter of time before repressive suppressive ideologies will shift their focus toward other forms of art and entertainment to further their attacks and efforts to scapegoat marginalized communities particularly bipoc and lgbtq plus folks we are calling on everyone to join us in raising their voices to uphold artistic freedom embrace multicultural history and put a stop once and for all to book bans end quote oh boy well uh this makes me sad because one thing that you and i kind of briefly touched upon on the uh, podcast before is that if you want diverse book stories it's best you get them from diverse authors so the fact that a lot of these books and authors are now being at risk to a certain extent it makes me sad because it's like some of the greatest stories i've read are because of diverse authors we need these stories too and one story and not one story one book in particular that uh was very beneficial for me was a book called uh aristotle and dante discover the secrets of the universe it's a coming of age story it's a coming out story it's a latino story and i related to this book so much and tasha here's a weird thing about me when i was a teenager i felt off and I couldn't explain it what it was. I didn't feel 16, 17, 18 or 19. But for some reason, when I turned 20, I felt normal and fine. I don't know. if I have no idea why. And I remember in this book, it mentioned that it was the weirdest thing because I've never heard anyone talk about that. So again, just small things like that that are relatable or even bigger things when it comes to racial identity or mm-hmm. again, growing up. So the fact that some of these books are being targeted, it breaks my heart. But what are your thoughts on this?
1: Um, it's a tale of all the time. They always ban black authors. Oh, There's always a reason why I'm not like they, they ban what they don't want you to see. So doesn't surprise me. I'm glad that celebrities are getting behind it, saying not to do that, especially celebrities who are um, in minor, who are minorities. But, you know, that's why we support places like the library. That's why you have that's to awesome. do your own work as a person and go get a book and read a book.
0: Also, I just want to point this out, too. I think it's also important to talk to friends about books and say, hey, I'm looking for this. What do you recommend? Or even book clubs. You know, we've been in book clubs, too. And it's been super helpful. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the stories we've read, uh, Legendborn in particular and Bloodborne, love those two books. And Mm -hmm. I can't remember the name of the author, but I love those two books. And Brie, her story, it's so important. And I remember you guys um, loving this book. Actually, wait a minute. Did you read Legendborn with us? Yep. Oh yeah, actually, right, right. Le-
1: I actually read Born before you guys.
0: Okay, because I remember you. But brought the it up, author's uh,
1: name is Tracy Dion.
0: Tracy Dion, thank you. Yeah, did you read Blood um, Bloodborne with us or Bloodborne?
1: Isn't that the second one?
0: Yeah, the second Blood one. We're waiting for the third I one. thought it was Bloodmark. Was the name of it? Was it Blood Bloodborne, Bloodborne Bloodmark. It's like really, you two read this. How do you not remember? <laughs> yeah. Um but anyways, so but yeah, I
1: do like Tracy Dunia, she's really nice. That you have to do your own work to be able to to read the books to get the books that you want to do at this point. It's not gonna be something that's given to you in the educational system in, in America. Yeah. That's pretty much the summation of what's going on here. But there are lots of places and spaces that you can find this information. You can go on someplace like Instagram and follow um, other sites. You can go on booktube. You know, we talk a lot about booktube on here. Um, there are Instagram pages for like me, there's like Black Girls with Books, and I follow this girl. Her uh, page name is Ash, and her books A S H, and her books with like underscores in between each word. She's a fantasy reader, so she consistently gives recommendations for fantasy from people of color. You can find it, and they're they're gonna of course ban books, yes, but but now thankfully to to, based on the internet, no one can take it away from us.
0: For our third and final story, the musical The Wiz starring Wayne Brady is set to return April 17th of next year with a few preview performances scheduled before the big opening. And those scheduled performances are going to be for March 29th. Wayne said, quote, I wouldn't be on Broadway if it wasn't for the Wiz, the music, the costumes, the choreography, and Stephanie Mills. Seeing that show changed my life, end quote. Tasha, since you are a connoisseur of musicals and Broadway, what do you think about this?
1: They announced this a while ago. <laughs> You're <laughs> late. So sorry. It's also oh being gosh. produced by Candy Burris and her husband Todd. I believe Deborah Cox is also in it. You're Late, my brother. Wait, Candy
0: is one of the housewives, right? Or, she,
1: yes, she was also a member of a singing group called Total, which I think maybe you should. Oh, be... that's right, she's yeah. um,
0: uh, she wrote for TLC. I remember that, yeah.
1: So, she's she sang in Total first because she did that when she was like 15, 16, and they were a huge hit. And then they broke up and then she became a songwriter. And her and Tiny, which is TI's wife, they used to write songs. And one of their songs, like you said, went to um, TLC. And I think now there was no scrubs, wasn't it? it? That's one of them, yep. And um, also, she is the longest, I think, straight through housewife. um, Everyone else has left and come back. Candy's been on there forever. Candy makes her money at all times. She is a lot of people's favorite because of that. She don't play about her money. And she started producing shows a little while, a while back, actually. And she used to do more like early Tyler Perry type stuff. And then she realized she really liked it. And one of the shows that she was a producer on was nominated for a Tony uh, from this most Mm -hmm. recent Tonys that just, yeah, that just uh, aired. So, yeah, you're late and it should (laughs) be good. It's a pinnacle of my childhood. I love it, love it so much. My Mm -hmm. goddaughter, my goddaughter is like eight and she knows all the words to The Wiz and she also knows... She also knows all the words to a lot of NSYNC songs. Her mother is doing a great job, okay? <laughs> Top tier parenting, okay? So it's worth noting that The Wiz is coming back, like I said before, Deborah Cox is gonna be in it, but also Avery Wilson, if you don't know who he is, he has one of the most beautiful voices. No. He sung back up for um, Babyface during Babyface's Tiny Desk. Oh, Just wanted okay. to make sure I, t- I told you guys that. He sang Can We Talk? Yeah. That went viral when it came out.
0: Whoa. What's the name of that song? That's Can
1: We Talk by Tevin Campbell, which you do know that song. You have to know Can We Talk by Kevin Tevin Campbell. They always play it.
0: I don't. Don't judge me, but I don't. But I like it. I really like it. I'm so impressed right now. Ooh,
1: we might have to get another grown-up to talk with us because <laughs> you don't be knowing none of the things. But <laughs> let's get back to Avery Wilson. Avery Wilson's going to be in The Wiz. Like you said, when Brady's going to be in the Wiz? Like I told you, Deborah Cox is going to be in the Wiz. You know who Deborah Cox is.
0: That name rings a bell, but what has she been? Because I, I know that rings a God bell.
1: God, today <laughs> I I can't help you, Rudy. I I genuinely can't help you, no. Um, but yeah, the Wiz is going to be great. I'm really excited that it's coming to Broadway. I was concerned before I saw the cast and I saw the producers. I do think they blew a lot of money on their main cast, so the ensemble is probably not getting paid much right now, now that they're traveling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're in Baltimore right now. I'm on their um, Instagram and I'm looking at it. But hopefully when it comes to Broadway, because it's unionized, they will have to pay them a standard, a higher pay than they're probably paying the people on the road. And hopefully those people will still get jobs. Yeah, it's very very different when you're traveling and when you are um officially on broadway they have to pay you a specific amount once you officially hit broadway so i hope they get the money that they're supposed to get i hope this shows for a while because i'm uh, would excited. you ever want
0: to be in a musical or no, some type of broadway sing. show i can't sing well, okay well let's take the singing factor out of it like would you want to like perform or say you could sing would you
1: If I could sing, I wouldn't speak. I would just sing. I would be absolutely obnoxious. I would be the (laughs) worst. You'd be like, oh, my God, that girl thinks she can sing. And I'd be like, I know. I can. I would be the worst.
0: I was <laughs> telling this to my mom this past weekend. I forget how this conversation started, but I was saying how being able to sing is a God-given talent. And mm-hmm. she and my, my family friend were like, oh, but you can learn to sing. I'm like, no, it's no, a God-given can't. talent. No, yeah, it's a gift from God. Like, I... I don't care what anybody says. No, uh-uh. You cannot learn to can sing learn... Mm-hmm.
1: and you cannot learn to dance. I don't care what y'all say to y'all <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. I would love to sing, but I, I don't care if they say, oh, you can learn. I'm like, nope, uh-uh. I cannot. I cannot.
1: I mean, I perform. I used to perform a lot. as was a dance major. Uh, that was one what? of my majors in high school. Yeah, I'm a dancer. I just don't do it anymore, but yeah, dance was my jam. I, I've been performing since I was like seven or six. Just don't do it anymore.
0: I'm learning but... so much from you today. Mm-hmm. I'm a dancer.
1: Don't do it anymore at all. But I've performed a lot. I enjoy performing. It's a fun time. I don't necessarily know if I want to be on Broadway because I know a couple of the dancers on Broadway. That schedule is a lot. They don't get days off. I, they barely get days off. That's a better way to say it. They can't really call out sick. It's not a thing. They don't. I can make my own schedule. They can't make their own schedule. Mm. I don't like that aspect of it, but I do love performing, which is why we have a podcast. Um, if we want to take a second here um, and talk about Broadway, I did want to let you guys know that I saw a show called Jaja's African Hair Braiding,
0: Ooh. which
1: was produced. A notable producer on it is Taraji P. Henson. Taraji. Oh. Uh, I saw it like a couple of days before I went to Houston it was amazing it speaks to the experience of being an immigrant and it not being the face that you normally see the faces you normally see when it comes to immigration and being picked up and being sent back home is actually more so hispanic people you don't see the fact that in places like new york they will raid you know places where there are black people like west indians and african people and they will take send them back home so this went through what you kind of see mainly from the Hispanic perspective, mm-hmm. from an African perspective and different countries in Africa. And it was amazing. And we laughed so much and we cried so much. And they told us to go and tell people about it. And so I wanted to just sit here and let you guys know that if you have time, if you have a moment, please go see Jaja's African Hair Braiding. It moves me. I can't wait to see it again. I saw it in previews. Tears, laughter, all the things and all the feels is just and it speaks to a very specific experience of being in the African hair braiding salon. We used to go and get your box braids done or get your micro braids done or get like a bust down, put in. So I want everybody, if you're coming to New York and it's on, you should see it. it's also all black women a black woman playwright a black woman director black women producers Mm. so we're in there ladies and gentlemen so please go see Jazz after Hair reading okay that's the soundbite hopefully we'll use that for socials. thank you guys bye
0: (laughs) (laughs) and that's all we have for today on fantastic news folks if you have anything fantastic that you would like for us to discuss please send us a message on instagram at the fantastic grotto and now we're going to take a quick
1: And we're back from break, guys. Want to thank you for staying with us. Hopefully, you're enjoying our Halloween content. Last week, we did Halloween with Tiffy. This week, I told Rudy to give me a horror movie for us to watch because but we're in it. We're in the thick of it. It's October, and he chose The Lighthouse. It's an A24 film, because we're talking about A24 probably for most of the month. We'll see how things go, because you guys know things are in the talk, in talks with the studio. So the writers are back. Actors are not yet. Who knows uh-huh. just yet? By the time this comes out, maybe the actors will be back. I'm not sure. But this episode, we're deep in our Halloween bag. Rudy said to watch the Lighthouse film because it was a horror. I can tell you guys right now, I was never scared. Not sure why this is considered a horror section. <laughs>
0: not at all. I would say it's more like a dream-like psychological thriller with some horror elements. Like, not jump scare, but just more like, what are, like, what's going on? Like, what's going to happen next? Like, oh my God, this is crazy. So, just things like that.
1: I give but... you psychological thriller, and they said this is when I was looking it up, it's like a like um. A... Surrealism, which is not my favorite.
0: Oh, okay. I'm not a
1: huge Surrealism fan, especially in horror. I think I like Surrealism more in my comedy. But Mm -hmm. I did like Black Swan, and that's technically considered horror Surrealism, but I also did not think that that was scary.
0: Same. Thank you. Yeah, I wouldn't consider it a horror movie. I would say that's, again, more of a psychological thriller. Mm -hmm. And I love that film. That's the film that made me uh, become the film nerd that I am.
1: I love that film.
0: So, that film.
1: just just so I just want you to know here on the podcast, officially in front of all eight people that listen, I'm very disappointed in you choosing this as the the horror movie to choose to make me watch. You <laughs> don't get a lot of horror movies out of me, and this is not even
0: one. I didn't want to do talk to me. <laughs> I didn't want to oh, torment you like that. that. Okay, yes, please. Yes, that's the one movie I'm like, Natasha, no, even I'm still scarred by that movie. Please watch anything else except that movie.
1: But there are other horror films that we could have done for our episode, but you wanted to do this one, so go ahead and get into it. (laughs)
0: Yes, all right then. So The Lighthouse is about two uh, sailors, technically, played by Rotten Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. They play Winslow and Thomas. And basically... Robert Pattinson's character is supposed to work on this t- teeny tiny little island with Willem's character, Thomas. And it's just them on the island. That's it. It's just them. Uh, Winslow has to yeah. do hard labor every day. Thomas works nights. So that's why they don't, you don't really see them working together. And things start to happen as time goes on. And then you can't help but wonder what is real and what is not. Yes,
1: I can give you that. I don't feel like a ton of stuff happens in this movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like there are lots of little small moments that maybe you're supposed to read into. I can tell you that it was beautiful.
0: Oh, I wasn't expecting that answer from you, but okay, keep going. Let's it's hear it. It's a
1: beautiful movie. It's the cinema, it was nominated for... For its cinematography. And what and I didn't know that when I was watching it. I learned that later after I watched it, I researched it a little bit. I'm watching, I'm like, these shots are beautifully done. I love a good black and white movie, by the way. If you guys didn't know, it's fully in black and white. It gives it very Hitchcock the birds feel. Thank you. So that's why I wanted it to be scarier. Because the birds is friggin' scary. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, oh, I'm ready for it, because they do allude to um, a lot of issues with birds. Robert Pattinson's character, whose name is?
0: Winslow. Well, here's the thing. They go by so many different names. Like, I heard Wake for Willem's character at some point. Yeah, because that's uh, his last name. Ar- yeah, and then Armheim for Robert's character at some point. But that's why I'm calling him Winslow, because I'm like, this is just going to be
1: easy. Armheim. It's, well, it's Armheim, but it's, it's, um, his name is Ephraim Will- Winslow.
0: Oh, okay, there we go. Ephraim, or, thank you.
1: The, and I think that Willem pronounces it Armheim is how it sounds. But it's mm-hmm. it's E-P-H R-A-I-M. But back to um what I was saying. Robert Patterson's character's name is Ephraim Winslow. At this point of the story, his name does change toward the end, but they allude to there being the spirit of previous s- seamen, right? Whoever mm-hmm. died at sea are in seagulls and, or in seabirds, and you're not supposed to kill them, and he actually kills one in the movie. Mm-hmm. And so that That's was a thing. Luck. Again, it was bad luck. Again, I've, I'm, I'm going to give my review of this movie pretty early. I'm going to say it was beautiful. I would say it did not. Maybe it went over my head again because I don't necessarily like this genre. Mm-hmm. It was very pretty, but it's a like a five for me
0: out of 10? Yeah. Oh, okay. No, I'm actually glad we're we're like on both different spectrums of this. So, I'm 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 glad you're being honest though. But keep going. Keep going. Oh, no, I'm done. You can tell me why you liked it because oh, that's it. <laughs> like I said,
1: I, it was beautifully shot. The character performances were amazing, but I don't think this is the genre for me because not enough happens. I prefer when nothing happens in a drama because you can really see it. This type of a like psychological analysis and then of course there's this whole thing with Prometheus that goes on in this I don't know I just I wasn't fond of it I I hope everyone listening goes and watches it and and leaves us a comment and tells us what they thought about the movie but Rudy liked it so go ahead you tell us cuz I'm I don't yeah, know Yeah
0: so I remember seeing this movie when it first came out in 2017 I think that's when it came out and surprisingly enough we got it in our theater so i told one of my friends who i knew was into these type of like indie films and i'm glad she liked it too and when we came out we're like we don't know what we just saw but we liked it so (laughs) um, i do like these type of films i wanted to do more research on conspiracy theories as to what people think that happened with this movie and for me i will never forgive the academy for not giving these two nominations because in my opinion Will and Dafoe, and I know we always say, like, oh, how come this person wasn't nominated? We always have those conversations, but this is, like, the one performance where I was like, why was he not nominated? Best Supporting Actor, at least. Uh, he should have gotten that nomination. They were both great, don't get me wrong. Do you know uh, who,
1: who else was nominated that year?
0: For that particular year? Uh, year? No. I, from what I remember, it was a tight race because there were so many great performances. I just can't remember who and for which film.
1: Oh, bro. They was not getting in there this year. (laughs) It was nominated. I'm looking at it. This was the year that Parasite came out.
0: Oh, big contender. Well, the huge winner for several things.
1: They were not getting it this year. Parasite was, I mean, so now that is a horror. That's a horror. That's a type of like psychological thriller that I'm like, this is scary
0: parasite was a 24 too
1: no i don't believe so okay
0: i don't believe so why did i think it was okay i'll look maybe i'm thinking of a different film that was a 24 that year besides lighthouse no i think it was just lighthouse now that i think about it
1: yeah i don't see parasite was not a 24 production by stein cinematography brunson ea nope Mm -mm.
0: no it wasn't okay all right
1: So, I know that you're saying you you think Willem Dafoe should have been nominated for actor, but that year...
0: Supporting actor.
1: For supporting actor? Yeah. But they could both be... So, you don't think that he was the lead? You think that... um,
0: Robert's character. Robert's
1: character was the lead?
0: I do. I can't see them both as leading actors. I just feel like maybe because we see more of Robert's character, technically just a little bit more. I think that's why I lean more to him being the leading actor.
1: All right. Well, that year, lead actor was the one that um that was the year that Joker was nominated. Oh, uh, Adam Adam Driver in Marriage Story, Leonardo DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory. He was not his perform that's lead actor and i think that maybe i could see robert getting in here maybe uh let's see supporting actor once upon a time in hollywood again for brad pitt joe and al for the irishman which was 15 hours long but all 15 hours were amazing i'm kidding it was like six hours long but it was really good (laughs) Um, Anthony Hopkins for the two popes and Tom Hanks for a day, a beautiful day in the neighborhood, which is the one about Mister Rogers. So Mister Rogers, yeah, yeah, no, I, it was a tough year. I can yeah. I can see why they didn't, they were not nominated. It was mm-hmm. a hard year, and plus this is a very strange film, and it's great character developed, but nothing happens. I'm not sure. Um, I think the Academy is the type of place that would get it, but I don't think up next to these these other films.
0: Major audiences, yeah. No,
1: population. not uh-huh. really, because the Academy doesn't care about major audiences. If they did, every not year they would nominate a Marvel film. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, the Golden Globes, they're they're gonna why? do something different, but we're not here to talk about that.
1: Every year the Academy will nominate, and an, um, the every year the Academy will nominate a Marvel film if they were worried about what was popping in these streets. They don't care about that. They care about performances, and it was a great performance. I did like performances, but tell me more about why you liked it. I'm sorry, I keep cutting you off.
0: Yeah. So adding to what you were saying, the cinematography alone, it does give you that Hitchcock vibe. It's the black and whiteness of it all. I remember being in theater and I felt cold in a weird way, not physically, but I'm like, I feel like I'm there and just like shivering and it just feels so uncomfortable. And you can feel the frustration with Robert's character because he's doing this hard labor, like he's trying to get all of this work done (laughs) And he has to put up with Willem's character, who's just kind of, like, bagging on him. Mm-hmm. And you can tell he's annoyed and just wants privacy. <laughs> he's like, I want you to get away from me. But he can't. And obviously, Willem wants to get to know him, asking questions. And Robert is just, his character is just tuned out. He's like, no. And obviously, too, neither one of them are truly being honest with each other. So what was really real and what wasn't from what they both said throughout the whole film We'll never really know. Yeah,
1: you never know.
0: Yeah, you never know. Uh, I also do um, like how this movie keeps you guessing. I don't think that every film should give you all the answers. I think it is good for film and the audiences to guess what these things mean. Because, again, when I first left the movie theater, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm, what I just watched. But I loved it. Yeah, and- I like
1: stuff like that. Like, I would enjoy that in Inception or, like, in Memento and things like that. I can I can do the keep guessing thing. It that's That's not... I got that in this movie, too. That was here. A lot of, like you said, I don't know what was really true, what happened and what didn't happen. So I can see that. Not sure if that made me like it more, but I can see that.
0: (laughs) I also think that from an acting perspective, um, I thought of myself now watching this, I thought this would be great for scene partners. Like in a drama class, Like there were so many great moments with monologues or where they're both like, Whether they're drinking and being dumb together or maybe they were even fighting, I thought the the tension was so good between these two actors. I applaud them. And I really do think that if anybody is interested in acting and if you need something to work with for a scene, this might be a good opportunity for you if you want to take certain parts from the script to work with in class.
1: Okay, I'm not sure sure about that.
0: I'm not not talking about the dark stuff. I'm talking about just like arguments. (laughs) Even the (laughs)
1: arguments and stuff. I think that the they're not bad or anything. They're I don't know. We'll see. We'd have to ask somebody who actually does it because I don't know. I'm like I don't know if this does what it needs for us. But we gotta ask somebody who does it all the time. You and I don't do that.
0: Also, I want to point out too. I love the natural lighting. I like how when during the dinner scenes they would be eating with candlelight, and it just looks so dark and. It's
1: that black and white, eerie. honey.
0: Yes, the black and that white black also and adds white. to it.
1: So good. I love a black and white film. I think they're so beautiful, and they give you such moodiness. And I don't, I don't hate that things are in color, but we did lose a little bit of the technical aspects of filmmaking once there was color this film was so pretty it was creepy in the way it needed to be with the way it was shot i think the shots were creepy but the story didn't creep me out and maybe part of it was because i asked you to send me a horror and this wasn't a horror maybe i was disappointed because it wasn't what i was expecting you know
0: Mm -hmm. i have one uh have you heard of x and it's actually with jenna ortega
1: um, I have heard of it, but maybe we could do that on another week. we'll see. But another yeah, week? I was just okay. looking for because you know we're in our Halloween bag. we're deep in here trying to be scared. I'm mm-hmm. not I'm not really guys. I'm I'm talking wild cash shit right now. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's why I'm, I kept watching this movie and I' I'm waiting for there's a part where a monster comes out. I said, oh cool, this is a monster film. It's not a monster film. Um, that I also, think that you may have liked it because it had huge homoerotic undertones
0: actually believe it or not no that's not what it is for me it's mainly like the hitchcock vibes and like what does it all mean the performances it was mainly for that
1: because the whole thing is very phallic you know that right like on
0: purpose yeah and also I, i even the first time i saw it i remember thinking okay there's some gay tension going on here what's going on between you two really like are you is it an attraction are you both closeted and you're just trying to hide it what's
1: everything is very phallic in the movie when i was doing research the director and i think he directed and he wrote it um but he was like the lighthouse is literally supposed to represent he wanted it to look like a penis because that's what they look like i think you may not have (laughs)
0: realized it but that might be why you like it (laughs) (laughs) No! oh my goodness and here's the thing i have here in my notes like does the lighthouse equal forgiveness like that's what i have no it does
1: not the lighthouse is literally a penis it's when i looked up interviews is what the director said it's a basically
0: robert's character wanted dick is that what you're saying yes
1: (laughs) i think if we look at this movie and we look at it from a homoerotic perspective i think these are just two people that are battling with their sexuality
0: broke back lighthouse is that what this movie should be called so
1: much i so there's a part in the movie guys where robert patterson's character admits that he had previously been on a different boat and the guy that was his boss at that boat was getting on his nerves too and when he fell off the boat he just let the man die and then he took his name Mm -hmm. so later on in the movie we see he has a completely different name than the one that we were used to him having so now I'm thinking that was his other... That was somebody else who kept coming on to him. Listen, it's a much, much better angle than whatever the hell they're trying to sell us. <laughs>
0: um, also, do you think that Robert killed that character? Because that's something where I was like, hold on a second. I had to put on subtitles for this movie. I did understand it the first time with whenever they were speaking. But for some reason, this time I'm like, no, you know what? I want to put on subtitles. And I don't remember him saying... He didn't admit that he killed him, so that's Mm-mm. why I'm like, wait, did you kill him? Did you do it deliberately, or did he just casually fall off? Because I don't believe in coincidences.
1: I think that goes, the the did he kill him or did he not kill him goes back to what you were saying. Like They're not going to tell 100%. us. Yeah, yeah. They're, they want us to see, based off of the type of person that he is, do we think he killed him? And based off of the way he was acting, I, I believe he pushed him and then watched him die.
0: Oh, that's a good conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that Willem's character, because there's mystery too, as to what happened with um, his last apprentice or the last um, sailor that went to go help out at the lighthouse. And four weeks of hard labor, no thank you, I would never do that. But, so the last assistant went mad. That was said I think early on in the, in the beginning of the film, but it's like, okay, did Willem kill him though?
1: Mm-hmm. So they allude to the fact that Willem had a previous assistant who had one eye. He became obsessed with the lighthouse and he um, he died. Then they allude to the fact that maybe Willem's character killed him. So you really never know anything in this movie. You just have to come to your own conclusions. I don't think Willem killed him. I think Willem drove him nuts in the same way he drove Ephraim crazy. Mm-hmm. I think he drove him nuts. He just was driving. Just, I'm so tired of you because he kept riding him so hard. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he necessarily killed him. Maybe he was trying to get away from him. And then it did, it went left. And then there was that part at the end of the movie where Robert Patterson's character, Ephraim says he's leaving and Willem's character, Thomas, comes running out with an axe and he cut chops up the lifeboat. And -hmm. then they run back in the house and Ephraim is like, get away from me. And Thomas says, I'm going to tell them that you cut up that boat. I'm going to tell them that you chased me with this. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And it very quickly goes from Ephraim being like, get away from me to Ephraim being like, I'm sorry I did that to you. So you don't know. It's also a part at the end where Willem tells him, maybe I'm just all a, a, a figment of your imagination. See?
0: It's all just one twisted mind game. Yeah, it's me.
1: just a mind game.
0: They're both losing their minds. Clearly Willem's character has already lost his mind, but still though, like it's just this twisted mind fuck, excuse my language, but
1: if we don't that... go with the idea of him, them both being gay, and this just being an exploration of homosexuality against, uh, masculinity and like what people think masculinity is because I think that's a better way to think about it but uh if we go with the idea of it being Ephraim was there by himself and Willem was just in his head what do you think about that
0: um oh, I I don't know I, I love and hate uh, man I said that I love these type of films for asking questions but I love and hate that it's so open-ended mm-hmm. I oh man mm-hmm. Because here's the thing, how long were they really on that island for? Because even Willem's character brought up, like, how long have we been on here? Two days? Five weeks? We don't yeah. know. Yeah. So it makes you wonder, when exactly did Willem's character die exactly? Yep. I don't know. I don't know. When so. did
1: Willem's character die? Did Willem's character even exist? Was yes. this just a demon that was in Ephraim's head? And Ephraim separated himself, like split, remember?
0: Yeah, oh, split split was cool. I like split. Mm -hmm. James McElroy, darn you, he's so darn so he's so talented.
1: (laughs) So that's a good that that's another way to think about it. Maybe he didn't even exist, and he was really just fighting with himself, or this was like a trauma response after he murdered somebody. I don't know. Needless to say, it was an interesting movie. But Mm -hmm. you go ahead and give your rating.
0: (laughs) I. I'll give it a nine. Oh, a nine. Yeah, just because I... You have
1: no idea what went on in this movie and you're giving it a nine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. so, again, I like these type of films though. I like, see, we're having this conversation. I like that we're asking questions. I like that we're coming up with theories. It's fun. And I love from a cinematic standpoint, this was a really well done shot film, even yeah. though I may mean, not know what exactly happened, but still it's one of those like I'm glad I saw it. I'm glad I saw it again. This one I do have on DVD, believe it or not. So that's how much I loved it. Cinematically, uh, is- I
1: agree with you. Tens across the board. Ten, ten, tens mm-hmm. across the board. Tip, tip, tip on hardwood floors.
0: But would not watch again, basically.
1: No, I have no desire to see this again. I,
0: okay.
1: I, do, <laughs> I did enjoy their performances, though. You are right. They did amazing performances. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did like seeing them go from sane to mad I like okay. a slow drift into madness, so I did like that. I love a slow drift into madness. I hate a snap. I don't hate a snap. I don't prefer a snap. Game yeah. of Thrones, when they just she just snaps, I would have loved her to just have oh, yeah. a slow drift into madness. Slowly just go crazy and become a crazy dragon queen. But they didn't do that. And uh, in my opinion, terrible decision making. She needed a slow a slow drift. Or if she was going to snap, she should have snapped when they killed her maid. But we're not talking about Game of Thrones. We're talking about <laughs> The Lighthouse, which is a 2019 eight twenty four film. We were trying to give you your horror content, people. Please watch the movie. Let us know if you like it. Follow us on all social media platforms. Leave a comment. Follow the page. Please rate and subscribe us everywhere that you consume podcasts. And the question for this week... Is this film about dicks? No, I'm kidding.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Dicks the musical in theater theater
1: suit. But we need a question for this week for the people. What do you say, Rudy? Since this was your movie, what are we going to put in there for people to answer?
0: Let's Yeah, let's ask that. Like, were um, Robert and Willem's characters gay? Like, should we call this movie Brokeback Lighthouse?
1: Yes.
0: There we
1: it's, go. <laughs> is, are we living in the Brokeback Lighthouse era? Let us know. <laughs> we're going to post that as the question on the episode. We're going to also put that on our socials so that you guys can tell us and we'll repost. We love hearing from you. We've told you guys before how much we like voicemails. No one leaves them for us. It's 80 out listening. Y'all need to all talk to each other and take turns and we'll have yes. t- just once a week and we'll have two months worth of voicemails. Uh-huh. I'm kidding with you guys. In love the you name guys. of Beyonce's internet, let's go people. Come let's on. Let's go love people. You. In the name of Beyonce's internet. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for listening today. We love you. Like you say, if time was money, it was something that you couldn't pay back. So thank you for spending time here with us. Anything else, Rudy?
0: Uh, I'm excited for this Halloween season. Stay tuned, everyone.
1: Spooky season's upon us. Bye, guys.
0: Bye.